G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. 2020, bringing a biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Weekdays on UCB's Vision Radio Network. Find out more at vision.org.au. Our guest today is someone who knows more about the family than most people I might talk to. The family, of course, under more pressure than ever before. And a great source of advice for the health of any Australian family is Focus on the Family. So it's a great pleasure to welcome onto the program Brett Ryan, who is the CEO of Focus in the Family in Australia. And uh, Brett, very good day to you. How are you? I am very well, Alan, and welcome to the chair. <laughs> Thank you very much. We were talking earlier on, I said that uh, actually you've done this program more often than I have. So uh, <laughs> so if I get stuck, I'll ask you what I'm supposed to do next. <laughs> sure. I'm sure our listeners will uh, be able to help you along the way as well. <laughs> I hope so. Well, a bit later on, we'll, we'll open those uh, talkback lines. So if you have a question that you'd like to ask Brett, then we would love to hear from you. That number again is 1-800-880-876. But the family very much in the news. Uh, and one thing I noticed in, in America is is there's a film produced by Focus on the Family, uh, which is called Irreplaceable, which is about the family. And it's presented by practically an Australian. It's a Kiwi, uh, Tim Sizzerich. As close as you're going to get. (laughs) As close as you can get, yeah. Um, But it's it's a big deal, isn't it? It absolutely is. We're very excited about the um, up-and-coming release. It's going to be released in a a one-off day in America. Um, About 700 theatres are going to be showing it on the 6th of May. uh, But there is a lot of... Uh, toing and froing, and uh, the copyright issues are going to be uh, having to dealt with, and so we won't be able to get to it uh, until the end of the year. So I'm actually looking at planning it, releasing it on a, a national tour, possibly in 2015. Oh, it's exciting stuff, though, isn't it? Uh, very much so. It really challenges. I've actually had a had the privilege of actually viewing the uh, documentary, and it gives a sort of a, a world uh, tour of families throughout. Uh, the world on how the family is being devalued, how marriage is being devalued, how um, intimacy and sexuality is being devalued, and and the the ongoing ripple effects, the domino effect of how the family has been uh, seen as obsolete. And as you and I know, and many of our listeners know that that's not true, and uh, God has actually formed the family as the cornerstone, the, the, the actual way that we can actually build community amongst one another and trust and, and relationship. And uh, if we can turn that around, and that's why I focus on the family, is so very excited about um, partnering with churches and individuals to see the family being uh, as, held as a high value. I think one of the, the problems facing the family is, is that there's... I mean, when I was, when I was a kid which wasn't quite Victorian times, but it feels like it sometimes. But, <laughs> but, but when I was a kid, you know, we, we ate together because there was nothing on TV. Or there, there was stuff on TV, but we'd, we'd, you know, we didn't have the TV on while we were eating a meal. And, you know, and we sat and watched TV together or we went to church together. We did stuff together as a family, whereas now the family seems to be very splintered. You know, the, the kids are upstairs uh, on the computer or on their iPads or whatever. The parents are downstairs. They're on their iPads. And, and sometimes even when people are in the same room, they're in their own little bubbles and not yeah. communicating with each other. That, that seems to me to be an issue that we've never had to deal with before. 
No, if I had my one card to pull all the time, it's talking about the value of the, ma- the family meal time, sitting around a table with no technology, no uh, TV on, and just having good old-fashioned conversation. And uh, there's been a lot of research in this area that the health and well-being of uh, the child, uh, they're, they're, is, they're academically better, they're more resilient, they're less likely to make unwise choices, um, in in the area of promiscuity, uh, alcohol, drugs. There's a lot of data that supports the old simple thing about having a family meal time together. And um, and but it's sad to hear what you were just referring to is that even mums and dads are becoming uh, you know connected to the internet and their smartphones or iPads. And so they're role modeling to their kids that you know. Um, I'm more. I'm, I want to give this more attention than I want to give you attention. <laughs> uh, Steve, who's uh, dealing with the phones next door, has just uh, buzzed through and said board games. Oh, we did play board games. I mean, we played things together. Do you want to hear what we've been doing lately? Go I've, on. Um, I've got a 20-year-old, a 16-year-old, and an 18-year-old. And um, we've got these puzzles. And I don't know, it all just started just last week and we're having these competitions. There are 150-piece puzzles. There's four <laughs> of them. They're all the sort of same sort of genre. And we've been having time trials. So it all takes us about, <laughs> well, it takes me over an hour. It takes them about 35, 40 minutes. I'm losing very badly. But it's been so fun to do this together. And, uh, and I'm thinking there are so many people who have never had that that opportunity just to play a good old-fashioned game of Monopoly or Uno or some other game that just brings out laughter and great memories for um, your children to uh, reflect upon and saying, hey, this is what we did when we were growing up. I, I saw that report. Um, you, you flicked me a link earlier on um, about um, what they're calling a technology addiction and, and that they're actually talking about admitting Australian kids to a special psychiatric unit to, to help them, can it get that bad? Well, it, it's it's. Uh, to clarify, yes, it is that bad. It's actually happening now, yeah. and it's only going to get worse um, because parents aren't putting some boundaries or some um, the you know the ability to say no to their kids because their technology. While there are a lot of advantages and there's some great tools, and I'm not. Um, bagging the use of the internet and, and using the computer and iPads and smartphones. That's not what I'm saying. But I am saying that the the challenge that um, facing young people is that it's, it's constant. They're always having to have a technology with them and it becomes this addiction. And, there's, and women and particularly also in this area, mothers are highly addicted and fathers... Um, are addicted to it because they need to have it on their phone and listening to it, and they're role modeling it to their kids. And the kids um, are not only addicted to it by needing to play games. It's not, you know, they can say I'm doing study, but they're not really doing study. They're usually playing games. And not only is their posture being affected, I've been seeing some data, chiropractors and physiotherapists are having uh, numerous um, clients under the age of, Eight and and um, coming in with repetitive strain injuries on their thumbs, and their posture has been so poor because they're looking at the screens constantly. So not only are they the, the emotional and relational and the mental problems, there's also the physical problems of this addiction. I, I read uh, somewhere that that the the light of the screens can actually 
effectively make you or can give you the symptoms of, of being ADHD, ADD, whatever they call it these days, be- because it, it's stimulating your brain at a time when, when normally your brain would be thinking about going to sleep. It actually is, is stimulating it at night. Uh, and, and then all the problems that, that come out of that. And that, that's a purely physical thing. Yes, well, there's been lots of research in the area of just that constant stimulation uh, for people who suffer from insomnia. Um, they're recommended to actually turn off technology uh, an hour or an hour and a half prior to going to sleep because of the stimulation of the, the negative ions that are coming from the screens and the constant stimulation on the visual um, aspects of the brain are so hypersensitive that it's causing people to have trouble from insomnia. So even young people, as, li- as young as 12, are having sleep deprivation, and they go to school sleep-deprived. They're setting their alarms in the middle of the night so they can actually play games, much to their parents' um, uh, not, lack of knowledge because uh, they're getting up with their mum and dad said, turn off the computer, so they do, and then they just turn on their alarm at midnight and they play for another four to six hours undisturbed, and then they wonder why they're so tired. And so academically, they're being uh, compromised as a result. That's scary stuff, isn't it? It is scary. Plenty to talk about. Let's take a quick um, quick commercial break, and uh, then we'll come back and we'll chat some more. Rise and shine. There's been some statistics, if you like, some draw-dropping benefits of church attendance that has come out. Uh, wow. Those who go to church more than once a week enjoy better health than those who attend once a month, uh, for example. Uh, mm. Research shows that it's good for your health to you attend. You know, I also heard something funny once that uh, Christians are more likely to be overweight uh-huh. because all of the uh, food that we have when oh, we have yeah. church meetings and church oh, dinners and church events it. and church Bible studies with dinners, all of that. And I thought that was a bit Tell me about it. During my, during my fast, <laughs> oh, I got invited to everything under the sun. Ah. Rise and shine. Weekday mornings on Vision. To speak to our nation, it takes influence. Christian Media Australia invites media and creative professionals to the Connect 14 Media Conference, May 15 and 16 on the Gold Coast. If you're involved in communications or marketing for churches, ministries or non-profit organisations, Connect 14 is essential for you. Hear from world-class experts and leaders, including former Deputy Prime Minister John Anderson, Bob Goff, Mark McCrindle and many more. Connect 14 is Australia's largest national gathering for Christian communicators. For more more information, visit connectconference.org.au. A biblical perspective on life, culture, and current events. 2020 on Vision. There's indeed the Alan Lee standing in for Neil Johnson. We want to hear from you as well. If you have uh, a contribution to make to the conversation on the subject of uh, families, particularly we're talking a bit about uh, technology today and, and how difficult it is to, to get that into perspective in our family, uh, then do feel free to give us a call. You may have a tip or you may want some advice. Uh, we've got with us Brett Ryan, the CEO of Focus on the Family. So when it comes to advice, uh, Brett should have some answers that, that may help or you may have some answers that may help other people. Do feel free to give us a call. 1-800-880-876. That's 1-800-880-876. We would love to hear from you. Or you can contribute to the conversation, of course, at facebook.com slash visionradio or tweet us at Vision Radio. Uh, Brett, technology, though, it's all bad, is it? Because it, it does give us it give us much more of a window on the world, I guess. Oh, very much so. And as I said, uh, alluded earlier, I'm not um, being negative uh, looking at internet. It, it, everything 
Um, you call that food, you talk about exercise, you talk about um, most things. Everything in moderation is always good for us, as long as we can control it. Like, I love chocolate, but if I ate too much chocolate, it'll cause me, you know, stomach aches or I'll get, you know, um, cavities in my, in my teeth. Everything is in moderation. The same with the internet. It is a great tool, and I use it all the time. We, our, we communicate with one another. We, you can use it to socialize with people over, overseas or keep in contact with family members and uh, keep up with people who are actually our friends. And that's an area that you know, some people can say, oh, I, I have so many friends on Facebook, but really how many are actual friends? I heard of a quote just recently that someone said they had... Uh, 16,000 followers and someone asked them how many are true friends and he said three <laughs> and um, and I thought that was a really sad indictment that you can actually have this idea of um, having so many people following you or um, you know as liking you as a friend and that's what is so addictive particularly for the Gen Y's and Gen Z's that are so very much uh, narcissistic in their way and it's all about me uh, that they 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 need to have that affirmation. They need that encouragement. They need to have someone saying, "I like your photo," or "I think you're pretty," or "I think you're awesome," and that is what they need constantly. And uh, I mean, I mean, we all thrive on encouragement, but in this virtual reality that we have in technology, they they just need it all the time. It's a constant for them. And uh, but unfortunately, parents are not. Uh, you know, and older people and Gen Xs, and they are also getting in on this idea that they need to be uh, affirmed and liked. And there's lots of uh, benefits, but there's also some, you know, some very uh, negative aspects, the dark side of the internet and the dark side of technology that uh, we might be able to open up. Do you think? That, now. Do you think that changes the, the the way that the church should should react to young people as well? It's interesting. It's a, it's a subject we're going to return to later in the week. Um, you know that there is a drift of young people away from the church, particularly in the, those sort of late teens, early twenties. The, the dropout rate is something like seventy percent. The, the yes. latest statistics I've I've heard is that because the church is isn't really tackling the sort of stimulation you get from technology and at the same time uh, that they're not sort of giving an, an alternative. They're just saying, well, we shouldn't use it. Uh, what, yeah, what's the answer it's, it's here? It's a word that is not embraced by Gen Ys and Gen Zs is the word should. They don't like that word. They'd rather have a story. They'd rather have um, an example um, rather than saying you should not do this or you should do this. Um, that's like a, a red flag to a bull. They don't really like it. And... And I, and I do think there's a, there's a challenge with the, the number of young people uh, leaving the, the faith-based communities and leaving their faith for a while. In fact, I'm, um, folks on the family are a part of a, a group called Here to Stay. And, um, and Here to Stay is a, a starting of a conversation to challenge or start um, uh, being an agitator for church leaders to have a look at the way that we've been doing um, the church for the last 20 to 30 years is obviously uh, we need to adapt, we need to change, we need to modify because we're seeing at epidemic proportions the number of young people leaving the, the faith. And technology could be a part of that, mm. but it's also relevancy and, uh, and being engaged and to be um, relevant in a, in a contemporary way. And technology could be an aspect of that that uh, needs to be uh, discussed and debated about. Let's take a call. We've got uh, Tony on the line from south of Perth. Tony, good morning. 
Good morning, gentlemen. Hi. Well, you've you've found in the same that, that you've you've got a problem in your family with technology. Tell us a bit about it. I'm virtually losing my children to technology, uh, and my wife. Uh, there doesn't seem to be any more much family communication. Uh, they're growing very lethargic. They're not, you know, exercising like they used to do in work. And uh, yeah, I'm just glad to hear someone's putting a, a negative side on all this technology that we are getting into because it's. Uh, the comment was made, everything in moderation. And I think that's the main, uh, that's the main draw card. How, how old are your kids, Tony? Uh, I've got quite a few. I've got 11. You've got 11 kids? Yeah. Wow, congratulations. Uh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's just the youngest ones at the moment that are uh, 10 and 14 or 11 and 14. Do you notice... So a... the technology of late, so... Do you notice a difference between your, your older kids and your younger kids in terms of their relationship with technology? Uh, yes, I do. There's quite a difference in uh, spiritual growth and even the want to uh, to learn things spiritual. I just seem that mine seems to be, uh, I don't know, somewhere else most of the time. It's hard, isn't it, uh, Brett, to, to, to know quite quite where to go because we're all... We're all sort of feeling our way forward in the dark slightly. Uh, and, and your story, Tony, is not an unusual one. I have a number of people contacting me or I get phone calls or when I go and present at a, a seminar or a workshop, this is a common question. They say, Brett, what can I do? What can I do? And it's, it's not a simple answer, but there's an as- aspect that um, can be... Uh, uh, a suggestion is the ability to say no and to discuss and get the kids involved in the discussion and saying, you know, obviously we're, we're accepting that this is the reality. It's not what I would like to have. I would like to have a healthier relationship with my children. I'd like to be able to have less uh, reliance on technology. Can we come up with some so- solutions? Can we come up with some compromise that we can say, hey, there's going to be a day on Thursday night, we have a technology free, we have a fast, we have, you know, we're going to have a meal together as best we can around the table with no technology. And you might be surprised how many young people would actually be uh, dubious about that, but if you can actually create a great atmosphere and, a, and, and uh, an atmosphere that actually says, hey, we're going to make use of this time. Everyone gets to have a say. Everyone gets to have uh, a part of the conversation. You'll probably find they really embrace it. Okay, it's Tony. worth trying. It's, it's worth a go, isn't it? Go. Okay, mate. Thank you very much indeed for your call. Thank you very Thanks much. Thanks for calling, Tony. Okay, take care. Uh, let's move on to uh, line two. Um, we've got... Um, it's Nick from Coburg in uh, Victoria. Oh, and Nick's gone. <laughs> but never mind. Ring back, Nick. Ring us back, Nick. <laughs> um, no, he's definitely gone. Okay, you win some, you lose some. Uh, Nick, if you're, uh, if you're listening, then uh, we would love you to give us a call back. You can ring us on uh, 1-800-880-876, 1-800-880-876. Uh, and um, anyone else who has a comment to make, we would love to hear from you. Brett, what what Tony was saying sounds like a, a horribly familiar story. It is, unfortunately, and uh, and it can be quite insidious. What would seem as a, a nice distraction, a a babysitter, if you like, especially with the children young. You know, I don't 
uh, I can't be entertaining you or engaging you all the time, so, hey, why don't you play on my iPad, or why don't you go and have a look at a DVD? Why don't you go and play a computer game for a little while? And what would seem to be that it was constraints, that it could have been only for 15 minutes, has now stretched to half an hour, stretched to an hour, to two hours, three hours. It's not uncommon for a 10-year-old boy to spend up to 8 to 16 hours over the weekend on, uh, in front of a video screen or a digital screen. We've got um, we've got Nick back, Brett. So uh, oh. Nick, Nick calling from Coburg in Victoria. Nick, uh, what's uh, what, what's your issue? I, I was just going to say, uh, focus on the family. It's just a great organisation. They just do wonderful things for this society. Oh, thank you for your encouragement. I really appreciate it. Um, and I was also going to say, I, I think what's important as parents is we need, just need to be proactive. I think a lot of parents put their head in the sand and they think things are going to go away. But you know, we've got to be proactive rather than being, you know, reactive later on because that's when all the problems come. So we really need to, um, you know, have meals with our kids, spend time talking about the issues and, you know, just um, it's better if they hear it from the parents than they hear it from the culture. And, you know, the culture's so, so poisonous, you know. I mean, it's, you know, it's so hard for the kids. You know, they go to school and, the kid, you know, um, they're swearing and they're playing violent games. And our kid, the young kids, especially Christianity, I mean, Australia's a very secular they threw the Bible into the river, you know, not interested in the Bible. It's too hard at this moment of life. Life's easy. Mm. You know, everything's for free. The government's, you know, spoiled us in some ways. I mean, they try to do good, but people are corrupt. So the, the people are reflecting this government, in a sense, of their image, you know. And now we're at this place where we're pretty, pretty much in a bit of a bad place. I mean, and with the pornography going up now, I mean, the damage is going to be caused. The government's going to have to use, you know, a law or something to ban kids from it because it's it's ugly. It's ugly. It's degrading women. Women are literally, you know, young boys are on it now from very young age when we are growing up. It was a lot harder to get this stuff. It wasn't on tap. Now it's on tap. Pornography on tap, you know. You've got a, a, yeah. you know, a, a phone. I mean, everyone's looking at adults, old people, young people. They're all on it. I mean... It's 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 an absolute you know it's a dog's breakfast out there at the moment you know and I yeah. I, I applaud focus on the family and I and I don't think outside of Christ people are going to make it I really believe without a strong backbone today you're not going to make it it's, the culture is literally poison I mean the whole culture we haven't got good leadership anymore in our societies we're no longer growing up around Christian people people are not you know. Um, Christians are seen as fruitcakes, you know what I mean? They're literally from Mars or something, you know. That's how the culture is today. And, you know, it is hard on the kids. And if they haven't got strong relationships with their parents and they don't feel loved and nurtured and respected and have dinner together, Jesus, so much against them. I mean, there is, it's, you know. It's Very well fun. articulated. Yeah. Your, I love your passion and your zeal that the word proactivity and, the, and obviously to have a relationship for a true transformation to take place. Um, is that they need to have a relationship with, with God. And I think that's the beauty of focus on the family is sometimes you actually have to give... We, we're referring to relevancy and uh, things that are um, you know, topical for them. And, and dealing with people's family relational issues allows the, you permission to speak into other spiritual things. And so um, that's why I'm really passionate about being able to help as many people as I possibly can in the area of having healthy relationships. And technology is one area, keeping that, as you said... Um, some controls in it. It's not a, necessarily a bad thing, but it's 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 forming these habits at a very early early age uh, makes it um, you know so imperative that you know 
Uh, I mean, some recommendations say that you know children as young as two shouldn't be holding you know those um, you know Palm Pilots or the you know the the iPhones. And yet, how many young babies do you see playing on an iPhone in ranks in in shopping centres and things like that? Okay, thank you for your call, Nick. And you're listening to 2020. It's Alan Lee standing in for Neil Johnson. We're talking about technology and the family. Our guest on the program is Brett Ryan, the CEO of Focus on the Family. Uh, we're waiting to hear your calls. We've had a couple of good calls so far, making some really good points. You can call our talkback line uh, with maybe you have a question for Brett that he might be able to answer, or you may have some advice for us. Uh, call our talkback line. It's uh, 1-800-880-876. 1-800-880-876. We have young Steve is stood standing by waiting for your call. Uh, and uh, Brett's still with us. I was really interesting what, what Nick was saying from, from Victoria earlier on, Brett, uh, about the sort of the parental role. And I think that's something that, that it's really hard these days because parents want to be loved. And if they're seen as the bad guys, you say, no, you can't use your, your iPad or whatever it is. Um, we're just seen as the grumpy ones. Yeah, and it's it's an interesting phenomenon. Some years ago, there was a TV show called The Gilmore Girls, and it depicted a uh, a woman who was only in her 30s, but she had her child at the age of 16, and her daughter looks very much like a younger sister, and they're best friends. And so there was a there was a phenomenon of young. Um, mums who wanted their same relationship and daughters wanted the same relationship with their parents. So um, this Gilmore Girl, Gilmore Girl uh, phenomenon was uh, quite uh, evident in people saying, I don't want to be their parent. I don't want to be the bad guy, as you have alluded to. I just want to be their friend. And uh, my response to that is that in life, your child is going to have plenty of friends, but they're only going to have one parent. And let let them, as you develop that parent-child relationship, you will then develop into friendship. They'll learn to respect you. They'll learn to honor you and, uh, and have a way of bringing that relationship together as long as you build a, a trust and a love for one another in that parent-child relationship rather than a friend-friend relationship. It's, it's easy to say, though, isn't it? It, it sounds like uh, there's, there's gain, but you have to go through pain to get to the gain. Well, unfortunately, I think people think that they're going to cause uh, unrest and, they, and they've missed the perfect opportunity. Where there's main pain is when their child turns 15, 16, 17, when they're starting to get their, their independence and they want to make some unwise choices. As their brain is developing, so is the, the higher risks and their frontal lobe is not quite formed. That's the you know, anatomy and physiology side of things. And they've missed this perfect opportunity at the very early ages, uh, you know, in the, before the age of 10, in their, in their childhood, to develop some really good habits, clear boundaries, and, and, a, and a really healthy relationship, knowing that your child um, can ask you anything and you will be able to answer any of their questions. Um, and then you'll be able to have lots of fun. You're intentional, you're involved, and you're informed. And then as they get older, they're going to ha- ask tougher questions and a lot of people, that heartache uh, is only too, you know, evident once they ha- start having problems and they realise they've missed an incredible opportunity. It, it doesn't mean that all is lost. It just means that you're going to have to work a little bit harder to form that bond. What was that quote that the Jesuits used to say? Something about, um, give me the child and I'll give you the man. Yeah, that's very true. Mm. 
very true. That's slightly slightly scary for parents, isn't it? <laughs> well, I think I mean I, I mean as I said, I'm not just a theorist. I'm a practitioner. I've got uh, three teenage sons. Well, actually, no, I've got a 20 year old now, and uh, the, we would always have three to four meals a, a, a week around our dinner table. In fact, last night it was just a prime example of that, and we had so much laughter, so much fun, <laughs> and uh, and and I mean. They're three boys. Um, they do a lot of bagging with each other, a lot of you know, uh, sarcastic <laughs> comments. And but they're all laughing at his, at themselves and enjoying it. And at the end of it, it was just it was just a, a great fun-filled home. And I just think I wish there were so many more families. And I do know a number of families that are very similar to that. And and that's what Focus on the Family is all about: is to instill in people. To have healthy relationship is intentional. You have to be, um, you know. Uh, informed well, and you also have to be um, involved in their world. And, you know, like I don't like all of my kids' music, but I listen to their music. I don't like them always being on technology, but that doesn't mean I, they can't use technology. But we put some parameters in there, and they realize that. it's not We're not on their case all the time, um, but there, there are some situations where we have to put our foot down and despite there may be some you know, negative reactions at times, they respect us because they know we've only got their best interest at heart. And that's the big difference. It's not, we're not doing it because we want to spoil their fun. We actually see the, the bigger picture. And if they can turn it off now and focus their attention on their homework or focus their attention on their reading or focus their attention on you know, going outside and playing, which is a very big area that a number of um, academics would be able to support, that due to technology... Obesity and lack of fitness has um, been in the net result. Don't forget, you can call us now. Uh, our talkback line is open on one eight hundred eighty eight zero eighty seven six. One eight hundred eighty eight zero eighty seven six. We've got Brett Ryan, who is the CEO of Focus on the Family Australia, with us. We're, we're talking about technology in particular, but obviously any family issues that we'd be we'd be pleased to to help you with. Or you may have some advice on how you've dealt with technology in in your family. I've come across families, Brett, who who say, okay, um, you have an hour on whatever it is, Facebook. You you have an hour, an hour of screen time, this particular family I'm thinking of. Um, and you can use that hour however you like. Mm-hmm. But once that hour is up, then you're doing something else. Is is, is that a, a good way to go? I actually think it's, a, it's an excellent thing. Um, the challenge is that most internets, you can open up a lot of screens at once. I mean, I can, only, I can use my son as an example. He would be able to do his homework, listen to music, and watch the <laughs> NBA playoffs at the same time. <laughs> this multitasking, it's not, you know, he, he's got his own rhythm. It's not ideal, but it works for him. But at the same time, he realizes that when he does get distracted, it's because he's been on in either Instagram or Snapchat or anything like that, things that can distract him from uh, focusing his attention. Um, but I think restricting time limits, but that could be a negotiation. That could be something that you could compromise. You know, they'll want four hours. You'll say, I want one hour. Then you come down to two hours. And then that might be the, the, the compromise. Um, there are some... Um, internet servers that can actually program these things and that's something that you can actually use and look at technology and do some research on different um, web servers or providers that actually can actually time to the to the exact minute of how someone how long somebody's on a particular program because 
ultimately a lot of homework is done via the internet mm. and so you can't really turn it all completely off but it might be restricting the amount of facebook that they can be on and uh, i think time limits is a really good thing but the other important thing is actually to probably have it so it's not accessible in their bedrooms and that's where a lot of young people have gone into lots of problems particularly in the pornography issue and um, because they can actually stay in their room, they can eat in their room, they can do everything in their room, and they're not socialising or interacting with the family, and they're not going outside as well. And um, so we have a policy that they don't have it, um, their computers in their rooms. Now, sometimes they do, um, but that the door is open and constantly we can drop in at any time. And, uh, but majority of the time, they're either in our study or on the kitchen table or in the lounge room, which is very public. And so they're not likely to get into too much mischief. But I think for parents, they need to be uh, vigilant in this area as well. I have heard that one piece of advice is that you, the computer has to be in a public area. So it's in the living room or it's, it's in, um, we have, what the, the estate agent calls a study nook, but I think it's a bit of spare space that they couldn't think what to do with in the house. But it, it's a quote study nook, and you know the computer. The computer is there so that everyone can see the screen. Yeah, it's it says something about about us as as a as human beings, doesn't it? The fact that left to our own devices, when we're doing when we're you know we're watching screens on our own. We do stuff that we wouldn't necessarily do when we're with people. No. I mean, the Apostle Paul said this, I do things that I'm not supposed to do and I don't do things that I'm supposed to do. Mm. I think if we can use that as an excuse, uh, it justifies us and all those type of things. But, yeah, I think well, that's what sin is as well. Sin is doing something for our own personal satisfaction. Sin is, usually doesn't benefit anyone else other than yourself. And um, and that's where human nature, that's where the fall has caused us to make really unwise choices. Um, but if we, you know, as it says in Philippians, you know, whatever these things are true, whatever is noble, whatever is of good report, dwell upon, think about, meditate on these things. And uh, and that's been a, a, a catch cry of our family. But, I mean, unfortunately, uh, you know, all of our boys have at some stage been exposed to pornography. And that's the thing that sears... And um, and it's unfortunate. And there's been, are you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. Ah, oh, um, that uh, there's been some studies that up to, you know, 100% of boys under the age of 12 have been exposed to pornography. Uh, there's some frightening statistics, and even young ladies are also being exposed to this as well. It's, I guess, that's a change, isn't it? That, that when when we were kids, when we were young. The chances of seeing technology, uh, seeing pornography, were really quite, quite limited. I, I can remember, as I don't know, I would have been about eleven or twelve. Um, my uncle left a, sl- a slide. Remember slides? That's oh, yeah. Um, yep. And when I held it up to the light, it was a picture of a lady with no clothes on. And I remember being absolutely horrified. Um, but I mean, I'm a, I don't think I was particularly innocent. But they were different times, as you say, kids now. Um, they see things that are terrifying all the time, and it's instantaneous, and they can be, and it can be private, and no one has to know of it. Uh, but this is not just immune to you know, young people; it's also in adults. And um, this is some, um, a good friend of mine, Jason Huxley, who's oversees uh, a, a, an organisation called Guilty Pleasures, and he has seen the number of young 
uh, ladies being addicted to pornography increase up to about 30%, um, which is a frightening statistic of people addicted to looking at these visual things that are completely distort the uh, the intimacy and the trueness of what uh, God had intended for sex and uh, and technology has distorted this and young people are, are seeing it uh, young ladies think that they have to do a certain thing to keep their uh, boyfriend happy and young men think that this is what girls like because that's what's shown on these uh, visual images and so it's given a lot of problems uh, mm. to young people uh, to have healthy relationships later on because they've got a distorted view of sexuality. Okay, Brett, uh, hold the line. We'll uh, we'll come back in a couple of a uh, couple of ticks. The lines are open. If you'd like to join the conversation, you can call us on one eight hundred eighty eight zero eighty seven six. We'd very much like to hear maybe how you've dealt with a technology issue within your family, or if you have a problem that you think. Brett might have a solution to, or at least a, uh, some advice as to where you should head, then do call us now. one 800 We'd love to hear from you. 2020 on Vision. Lines are open. one 800 Our guest is Brett Ryan, the CEO of Focus on the Family. Brett, one of the things that, that we were chatting about before we came on air, you, you sent me a, a, a list of issues uh, that was in an article on, in Huffington Post. Some of the things they talk about are, are particularly disturbing. I and mean, one of the things that, that worried me was was mental illness and that there are links between mental illness and overuse of technology. Yeah, it, I mean, mental illness, aggression, uh, the violence that um, is seen on the Internet, um, you know, games uh, uh, like Grand Theft Auto, those type of things, or... Um, walk, witch and Warcraft and dragons and warriors and things like that, they, they become um, this virtual world that young people become uh, addicted to it and attached to. And it can give them, you know, obviously the visual impacts of what they're seeing and, um, and then they have to live it out. And it can cause this tension between reality and their virtual world. And, and so mental um, illness or emotional problems are the the net result unfortunately I, as you say it's, it's 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 really concerning the other phrase that they, they talk about which i had not come across before was digital dementia which i guess covers some of those some of those things well i think they're talking about because the, the fact is that the brain um the way that god designed the brain it, it, you know that it's so intricately wired and as um society has grown um you know, some of the parts of the brain that were developed much earlier um, because of stimulation, they were out helping around the house, they were being uh, included, their mother was at home more often, they were given, uh, they were reading, they were active with their, their hands, they were out in the backyard. They're all cognitive skills that help develop the brain in a far more effective way. Unfortunately, young people aren't going outside. They're not able to troubleshoot and look for stimulating things. They're not able to um, relate to other people other than their, their screen that they're seeing. And uh, their brain is not uh, forming and forming the roadmaps and the memory um, uh, bank that they needed to have. So they're not getting their concentration is diminished because they're only concentrating on one thing rather than multiple things. And uh, unfortunately, uh, this 
dementia, or I mean, dementia is a, is a, is a strong word, but it might be that they're going to become, uh, some uh, educationalists have been calling it um, relationally retarded, that they don't know how to cope with the real world, and so they're cognitively compromised. Let's take another call. Uh, we're back in WA, and uh, we've got Sue from Geraldton. Sue, good, uh, it's good morning for you. Good morning. What's your question for Brett? Right. Um, I just wanted to make a statement plus ask some advice. As a grandparent, how um, can we help with our grandies when we see um, them like having too much technology? Now, the, my, my daughters are all Christians, but they're so busy, their lives are so busy, so they let them watch the TV, they let them watch videos... Um, they're at the young, impressionable age, and, and it just hurts me to see so much time on on the technology type of things, the iPads and things. So as a grandparent, how do I um, try and help them without interfering with their, with my own children's upbringing of their kids? That's a really good question, Sue, and thanks for calling in. I think grandparents have a immeasurable value to the family. Uh, matriarchs and patriarchs of the family are, are an invaluable tool and, and depending on how much involvement that you have and how much contact will also determine how, how great that influence is going to be. Yeah. Um, your, your response about your, you know, your, your daughters are, are so busy, yeah. um, that's not an uncommon thing either. That they're, they're so busy, but they choose to be busy as well. There's a yeah. low prioritizing of family values because they're so busy doing everything else. And sometimes it may need a, uh, they need to have their own personal revelation, I say, to say, is, am I making the best use of my time? So I'd, I'd highly recommend you having some conversations in a healthy way and, just, and, and not say thou shalt not do these things, but... Yeah maybe challenge them or stimulate them and say things uh, similar to, um, how, how do you think you're going as a mother? What, what, where, where are some areas that you think you could, that you're doing well with? Yeah. And where are some areas that you think you could actually improve in? And how can I help you get better at those things? And See, so it's not coming is, down hard, um, but it's actually starting a conversation. Yeah. The problem is their partners are either still at work when it's meal time and they, the kids don't sit at a table and have their, their meals together. Um, there's babies involved and then, you know, the mother goes off and does things with the baby. It's it's just really difficult and it's time-wise. They want to do the right thing, but time-wise. Um, yeah. And then you've got homework with the, the younger primary school ones, reading, uh, yeah, it's just very hard. But a, a mother's life needs to be quite regimented. Yes, yeah. Uh, my my wife is a as a sworn believer in creating lists, yep. and uh, our life was quite regimented. But our boys got used to that regimentation, and we'd have you know a meal at this certain time. But then there was you know they had to be involved with the cleaning up. So getting them involved in the family yes. um, dynamics, and I think that's another aspect that as a parent um, they. It's quicker and easier for them to do it themselves at times, yes. but at the same time, they're not actually giving their children the benefit of being involved with the family um, running the, the, the household. Um, and I, I, again, I'd really encourage you to have those conversations that they are so busy, but can they modify? What are some areas that they actually could reduce? Because in all honesty, sometimes people's homes can be so um, well cleaned. Yes. 
and that's not a priority. I'd rather have a great relationship with my kids rather than a clean yeah, you know, one of my daughters has a, a husband that works away for four weeks at a time, so it really is difficult for her. And then, so she's but, doing it all herself for a yeah. while, and then he comes back, yeah. and the dynamics change again. That's another, you know, the fly in, fly out. Yep. Uh, parenting is another area that. But she is regimented in her times of getting tea ready and bed and bath in bed, but she has her hands full. Yeah. yeah and they is. don't eat at the table, and one of the children is very gets very angry um, and I just can't don't know what to do with him because he's so angry that he doesn't take any notice of smacks or anything so yeah and and there's they're the, the things that um, I always encourage parents to fight the battles are worth fighting for and let a few through go to the yep. keeper and meaning that there's some things that are non-negotiable like that anger that's an area that I'd be focusing a lot of attention because it will be to the detriment of him as well as the family dynamics as well. Yes. And, yes. Um, and, uh, and the ability to stand firm despite sometimes the animosity, despite the negative yes. responses that we get, we need to be able to stand firm. And that's sometimes, I'm not saying all parents, but some parents, you know, they go to the path of least resistance. Yes. And that path of least resistance sometimes means, oh, just leave the TV on or, yes. or they can eat in their room. Yeah, or have you know? Oh, I'll give you the iPad then. You know, and yeah. play with. I, I think every parent in the country is saying, "Oh crumbs, I do that." <laughs> yeah. I and am. We're all guilty of it. We are all guilty of it. But again, going back to one of the original comments, is that everything is in moderation and in yeah. control, and, and being able to be set some clear boundaries. These are the consequences. These are the consequences. If you break this, this is what will happen. Um, mean what you say and say what you mean. These are all aspects that will help you as a parent stand firm to what you believe um, and it's really important probably you know and the difficulty with your you know your daughter's um, situation Sue is that you know that mum and dad ideally need to be on the same page yes that's and right. not and you can't play interfere. one off the other good cop bad cop type of thing yeah, and you can't interfere too much <laughs> but you know I try and no. say to my children my grandchildren your mother has told you to sit at the table do it now you know yeah, and yeah. to support her in that, that it would be really advantageous. Yeah. It depends on how much you're involved, but no, you never underestimate the value of a grandmother, Sue. Yes, I know, I know, yes. All right. I so. know, we're all so busy, this is the thing, and we all work, and it's just not giving the quality time with each child that you need to, you know? And um, for, for any kid, love means is spelt T-I-M-E. Yes, that's true. <laughs> thank you Okay, very much. Sue, thank you so much Thanks, for your call. Sue. All right, take care. Bye. Our time's just about at an end, Brett, but we've, we've covered, gosh, we've covered some ground today. Thank you so much for, for spending time with us today. You're uh, more than welcome. If in 30 seconds you could sum up what we should do with our technology, what would you say? I just think going back to what I said about keeping everything in moderation, technology is a good thing, but it also can be a very dark and insidious thing that you need to be very aware. Two words, being involved with your kids as much as possible and be informed. Don't keep your head in the sand and, and be aware of what your kids are, are watching and involved with and do some of your own research. And if they need to find any further information, don't hesitate to go to our website at families.org.au or they can call us on 1300 300 361. Great. Brett, it's been fantastic to have you on the program. We made it through <laughs> between Thanks, us. Thanks, Alan, and, and you've done very well. <laughs> All right, mate. Thanks so much indeed. Take care. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye now. 
Like what you've just heard? There's more great podcasts. Or you can listen to us live at vision.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener supported. Your donation of any amount will help us continue connecting faith to life. Learn more or donate today at vision.org.au.